In July 2019, we aired episode 64, which was called Staff's Favorite Math Apps and Games for Elementary Students. Today, we're bringing you the much-requested list of staff's favorite math games for middle and high school students. If you haven't listened to episode 64 yet, we'll link it in the show notes for you. There is a reason Steph is called the game guru, Smarties. Steph has been investigating some new middle and high school math apps and games in preparation for this episode, and I have a feeling this is going to be an expensive episode for me. I have a feeling I'll be buying all the things. Without further ado, let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 80 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about my favorite things. The games. games. <laughs> <laughs> We've been meaning to do this episode for a while. Yes. And it kept getting put off. This was an easy one to push down the road for us. <laughs> it was. Well, number one, I needed to find more games because I wasn't satisfied with my selection. And then number two, I needed to play them. And I needed to have the right clients to play them with. So that took a little while too. But now we're fully prepped and we're here and we're doing it. Yeah. So here we go. The first game that I want to tell you about, this is middle high school games. You know, I want to preface this with depending on where the student is. And some kids actually in elementary school can play some of these games. It just depends on what you're targeting. Okay. So the first one is Prime Club. And this game is actually really interesting because you can level it to wherever the child is at or wherever you're at. You can use all the operations, basically. And it looks like a traditional board game with spaces up to 101. And you can use addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. You have two pawns and you have the dice and you are trying to get yourself to 101. Okay. So an example is you have a pawn on 14 and you roll a 3 and a 9. You could subtract 3 from 14 to land on 11 and then use your 9 to multiply. So 11 times 9 is 99. Okay. So for a student who's practicing PEMDAS, you're practicing what arrangement of the numbers will get you the furthest? The furthest being the closest to 101. Correct. And then how do you win? Getting to 101. So you just kind of keep going until somebody gets to 101. Yes. Got it. So it can be as easy or as complicated as you want because you could take a little guy and do three plus three, or you could do somebody who is in high school and they need to use parentheses or multiple steps in an equation. I'm looking at it on Amazon. Does the board look like a spiral? Yeah, it's a spiral. It's on sale right now for Amazon. Mm. There Mm. you go. Okay. Yeah. And of course, we'll link all the games in the show notes for you. But the second game is called Proof. And this one is about making equations. You're doing a lot of mental math. And you put nine cards out and create an equation using at least three cards And you can use as many math symbols as you need. So you're looking for two cards that somehow equal the third card. 
So if you have nine cards out and you have a two and a four and a seven and a one, mm-hmm. you could say two plus four equals seven minus one. So you're getting the same answer and you're using as many cards as possible. And that's how you win. I love that. For somebody who it's hard to think of all the different ways, this game can be a little challenging at first. You know how I feel about mental math. Yeah. So this is definitely a game that we would adapt. For sure. But, you know, I think there's always different versions of how you want to play it, but that's the way that they give you the instructions. But, you know, if there's a kid that is literally just working on multiplication or just working on division or just working on knowing something that equals something else, especially for middle schoolers sometimes, yeah, this is helpful. The next one, there's three games that are all similar, and I put them all in one category. Mm. It's called Zero, Absolute Zero, and Sky Joe. So basically, they all use negative numbers. Okay. So Absolute Zero is a game you can use addition or you can use multiplication, and you get the closest to zero as you can using negatives and choosing the right card. There's cards that are out in front of you. I think there's, I don't know, maybe five cards. And you're trying to get a certain pattern. And those and that pattern can equal zero or it can equal something that you can get yourself as close to zero as possible. Which, for the middle schoolers, throws them off sometimes because right. you do learn negative numbers in elementary school, but it doesn't really make sense to a lot of kids. And so in middle school, this is definitely one where they have to figure out what the best strategy is using all the numbers and getting to zero as close as possible. So that's an interesting topic idea that we haven't done too, Steph, Mm -hmm. that we haven't really spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about negative numbers. But I would say the vast majority of our learners, this is something that they struggle with. And I certainly work on negative numbers with students a lot. I did with a kid who really struggled. We made a number line Mm -hmm. and then the kid would count back and forth just using the number line Yep, to see how close they could get to zero and whether they wanted to keep that card or not keep that card. Or I use sentence strips a lot yeah. when doing negative numbers. Makes sense. It's or teaching subtraction. For sure. So the other one is absolute zero. And you're trying to get close to zero also, but you have these groups of cards and there's one through eight and they're different colors. And you're trying to strategize. This is the one where there's five cards in front of you. It's a little bit like Uno, a little bit like Go Fish. Okay. You're trying to get a set. And if you get five or more of the same color or number, it will equal zero. So you can then, for the rest of your cards, because you get nine, the rest of the numbers you want to have really low. So you're trying to strategize how close you can stick to zero while looking for patterns and things and being strategic about it. Okay. So that one isn't dealing with the negative numbers as much, but it's definitely about little numbers and getting something to equal out to zero. And the last one is a Sky Joe. So basically someone reaches 100 points. The person with the fewest points wins. And there are these cards and you add, you put them out in front of you and you add the negative numbers to get your total. And you're trying to get to 100. They're all very similar. It's just sort of which one strikes you. 
And again, we'll link all these in the show notes to today's episode. Yeah. And then the next one is mind your numbers. And this is a battle between two people. Okay. And on the battle board, there's two parts. You each get to put a symbol and you get to put a number. And basically, you get to determine the equation and whoever wins is who gets the higher number from that battle. So it will have addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. You are playing against somebody else. And so you have to pivot, right? You might have in your hand something that will get really close to a really high number and somebody will put a division symbol in and that changes everything. So you have to readjust. So that one's kind of fun to just battle between two people. Awesome. So the other ones that I want to mention are good for middle schoolers that are really struggling with math. These can also be used for elementary age, but... I tend to find that these ones are good remediators and good for bigger picture understanding and seeing where the gaps are. So there's this one called Fraction Fortress, okay? And Fraction Fortress is basically you spin and you get a fraction total and you have to put them all together to create one and then you can build your fortress. Okay. Then the other one, which you have, is Fraction Formula. Yes. Right? And that's a great game because you pick up a card and you have to put an amount for the fraction in a beaker and you have to get to one. And if you go over, you lose. This reminds me. I haven't played that game in a really long time. I'm going to play it with the client this week. Yeah, it's fun. Mm -hmm. So for the Fraction Fortress, the fractions that they use are one-fourth, one-third, one-half, one-fifth, one-sixth, one-eighth, one-tenth. So it's not just one half and one quarter right. or three quarters. Like they're more complicated and just having pieces, especially with both games, having pieces that show how big or little the fraction actually is, even though for a lot of the middle schoolers, one tenth they think is going to be big because the 10 is big. Right. So this is a really good thing, having a kinesthetic and having a manipulative to use to really see what the fraction is actually worth. Got it. Okay, the next one is called Dino Tracks. And I would have put this if I had found it earlier. I would have put it in the elementary one, but I've used it with middle school students also. Okay. So basically, there are these dinosaurs and there are the different place values. And it only goes up to a thousand, but you could level this game up. But basically, there's the dino that's in the thousands place. There's a dino that's in the hundreds and the tens and the ones. And there are four die. And basically what you do is you roll them and it's up through the regular six and you have to then create a number and put each one in each place. So if I was just starting out and let's say I rolled six, five, four, three. Okay. So I would put the six in the thousands. I would put the five in the hundreds. I would put the four in the tens and the three in the ones. Since there are four rows one for each dino you're trying to get all your dinos to the end of the board which is just like a regular board game board and at the end of your turn you have to solve a word problem and it'll have you solve and then it'll tell you to go forward or go backward but really the thing that's really great about this game is if you don't understand place value it's really hard to understand the upper level math And I have found many kids don't understand place value. They've memorized 
that this is the tens place or this is the tenths place or whatever. Right. But they don't understand and can't conceptualize that four tens is actually 40. Right. Or they know that four times 10 is 40, but they don't know that it's four groups of 10. Exactly. And so a lot of them, this has filled in some of the gaps to help with pre-algebra, algebra stuff that they are memorizing, but don't really understand. So I'm using this more as a global understanding. And it's going to be a kid that's highly impacted in middle school, but they're out there. So then the next one is called Kakuma. I haven't played this one very much, but Mm -hmm. it's multiplication. And there's a grid of nine. And you have to take two cards and what is the product of those two cards. And it has to all be on the grid. And they're big numbers. So it's not just one through ten. There's a lot of big numbers. So if you're practicing multiplication or double-digit multiplication or anything like that, this is a good game to use. And the last one is sequence numbers. And basically what you do is you put a chip on the answer to a math equation on a card. And so everyone picks a card. You then solve the equation and you put the chip on the answer, the number. Okay. And it goes up to 30. It's addition and subtraction up to 30. So it's just not your regular, you know, up to 10. 10 or 12, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's basically a little bit like bingo. You have to get five in a row on the board. Okay. There's not a lot of games that are upper level math. Right. It's a lot of remediation. It's a lot of remediation. But usually in high school, if they need the remediation, this is a great way to do it. And... There's some of the games that even with the middle schoolers that I've had to use some of the games that I talked about in the elementary episode. So these are just a lot of good manipulating math facts and being a little bit more flexible with your math facts and with being able to create equations and being able to answer different things, which, you know, if you think about it, a lot of it is very similar to real life. So when you're working on for a high schooler, They don't do this anymore. But, you know, if you were looking at doing a project where you're buying a car and what's the interest that you're going to pay if you don't pay it and things like that, you still have to be able to do all that and understand. And I think a lot of them, they forget what it really means. They just remember facts. Right. And they don't understand the bigger picture. Or they just follow a model. Like I have some kids that do that. They do really well on tests because they just – plug in the equation. That's all they know how to do, but they don't know when to use it. It's one of those tricky things that I've really noticed is that I think math curriculum as a whole has been trying to address that more and more. Yeah. But what ends up happening is that the kids who really need that conceptual basis of understanding then get it. And then they moved on to the practicality of how to do it. Yeah. But some kids need to start with the practicality of how to do it and then get the bigger picture. I was just working with a high school student on solving quadratics. Mm-hmm. There's a million ways to do it. And I said, okay, but when you're solving a quadratic, what are you actually doing? Yep, exactly. And what are you actually looking for? And every single time we do another strategy of solving, I go back and I show her, this is how you draw it on a graph because this is what you're finding. Mm-hmm. And giving her that visual component as a reminder yeah. is really critical because you need to understand why you are getting two X's or sometimes why you only get one and what that means and translates to. Mm-hmm. But that was the part of math that was always so difficult for me. Yeah. 
was the real world application. Not that we're going through the real world drawing quadratics. Right. But it's important to continuously make that connection. For sure. And I do a bunch of stuff with kids where I pretend we're going to a restaurant and right. we order the food. I look it up online and we have to do the tax and the tip and the, all the things. So I'm trying to find ways to pull in projects or I've planned a trip before. Yep. Actually, with a kid the other day, I was buying jelly beans yep. and we looked on Amazon and I had her find the best price per pound. There you go. It wasn't what was the cheapest. I wanted what was the best deal price per pound. And so often kids will just look and say, oh, well, that one's the cheapest or that one's the most expensive. But that doesn't mean that how much are you actually getting for that? Right. Well, Steph, thank you so much for doing all this research. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's like when people say finance instead of finance, research instead of research. (laughs) That's good. That makes me laugh. So if anyone has any games that aren't on my list that I need to know about, please send them my way because I am all about it. Or if there's any apps, I haven't really found a lot of really great apps that are fun. A lot of them are really boring. I don't want to do boring apps myself. So yeah, if you find anything, please, please let us know. And then maybe we'll uh, do another episode and we'll talk about it. Steph, how should they let you know? They should let me know by emailing us. Email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. We respond to every email. May take us a day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on, but these emails do not go ignored. They may get looped back to us in a couple days to remind us to answer, but we promise we will answer. Yes. Sometimes real outside life gets in the way. And there is a lot going on for both of us right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, so thanks for listening, guys. And let us know if you tried any of them and if they worked or if you thought they were fun. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week. 